Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got Mr. Do Yourself a Favor, Clever, whatever you want to call him. It's Mr. Ricky Willis from the Mike Hostelow Law Firm. Uh, Ricky and I had a great conversation. Actually, I went, out, went down to Savannah to meet the firm. Uh, wrote all day with Ricky, listening about stories about his come up, how using his, uh, his, his, his craft as an artist, as a uh, personality, to be a brand ambassador for Mike Hostelow in the um, Savannah, Buford area. In our conversation, we merely talked about the preparation of being a professional, um, having the opportunity to uh, have big dreams, and then finally get an opportunity to, uh, to live those dreams. And um, big ups to Mr. Willis for uh, putting that together and creating a whole um, outstanding market for the firm down in, in Savannah. But uh, we're uh, collaborating and making a lot of things happen. So um, anywho, let's get into the interview. What's up with you? You know me, man. Cooler than the other side of the pillow and crazy as a cockroach. Nothing changed about me, brother. <laughs> That's what's up. I've been waiting on this day, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be good stuff right here. Man, it's been a long time coming, brother. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, all right, we're going to get started, man. This uh, this this episode right here, this podcast is is definitely to, um, to, uh, to welcome the Mike Hostler Law Firm into the Charleston area and, and then talk about um uh mr clever uh mitch uh, do yourself a favor um, that's right that's right his, his lifestyle how the way he got incorporated incorporated into the uh, hostile law firm then talk about the partnership with the day foundation of mike hostelo so um i appreciate you for coming on and, and um let's get it going appreciate you having me brother let's ride all right so you know what we do we try to start from the bottom to the top um, and, and having the audience talk about, you know, where you're from, where you grew up area, and, and, and just kind of uh, how Ricky Willis kind of got on the scene. So frame that for us. All right. So um, I was born in Savannah, Georgia, um, 1970. Uh, I was raised in Savannah. My parents also I mean, after Savannah, we moved to uh, New Jersey. From New Jersey, we went to Albany, New York. So um, being raised kind of up north and down south, I consider myself a country boy with city wits, you know, being raised in both sides, you know, both sides of the, uh, the map and being able to experience and see different cultures so that I, I'm, I'm officially a country boy with city wits. 
That's that's all that's a good way to put it. Not saying that yep. country, not saying that us country boys don't have wits. Right. No, 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 no. When I say that, what I mean by that, I'm just messing with from, you. From, from the north, I learned. To, from the north, I learned to pay attention to what's going on. You know, sure. around you, keep a, keep alert. From the south, I like sweet tea and lemonade and front porches with swings. You know, for sure. Yeah, because you're right. Hospitality, north, man. It's a blend. Up north, up north, you got to be more alert because it's like that's why I say it's a faster pace and a slower pace down here. So yeah, you got to be on the swivel. And so I was, I was uh, blessed enough to. To have both of them, the mixture, you know? For sure, for sure. Now, a question for you. Were you an athlete? Did you play any sports coming up? Um, I was on a swim team. I never really got into the sports because I was more music, you know, music guy. I played in um, in middle school and high school. I played saxophone. Um, mm. I played in a jazz ensemble where I played the, the drums, the bass guitar, keyboard. So... I always been into music, man. And my, my dad played bass growing up in my life. So dad was the music side and my mom wrote poetry. So that's why I'm rapping, you know? <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So take us back into the you know elementary middle school years of, of young Ricky, man. Shape that for us of, you know, because back then, I mean, you know, you got the, uh, uh, who was a, a couple of artists out there? Who are the artists that you grew up on that you kind of mimic? You know, most athletes kind of kind of grew up on other athletes. So who were the guys that, that you look up to? Yeah, man. So um, I would like to think that um, the Will Smiths. Um, so sometimes people ask that, who do I think I am as an artist? I tell them if you put Will Smith in the blender because Will Smith only did clean rap and he's a very great lyricist. Mm. If you put... Um, uh, rock him in that blender because mm. he's going to give you a message. He, he, mm. he got bars and he's going to give you a message. If you put Slick Rick in that, that blender mm. because Slick Rick is a storyteller. So mm. Slick Rick is going to give you a story and make you want to listen, whether you want to listen or not, he's going to make you want to listen. And then um, I put Eminem in that, uh, that blender too, only because he changes up his flows and changes up his styles and his, you know, his, uh, his level of, uh, skills is just crazy so so if you put eminem slick rick will smith and rock him in a blender you got clever that's a nice that's a nice little mix so yeah, man. at least that's my perspective i i hey, I, I share that with you you know what i mean um yeah. take us to the high school years man because you moved around a lot where did you spend high school that was in georgia i end up, I end up going to high school at uh Alfred Eli Beach High School in Savannah. So I'm a bulldog for life. Bulldogs, you know how it is. If you know, you know. Um, so I graduated in 88 from Beach Bulldog, or I mean, from Alfred Eli Beach High. And um, I mean, the, the high school era, so I am definitely different than I was in high school. Um, in high school, I was the the gazelles, if you remember those. Mm -hmm. I was the Lee Glove shoes, the kind of like the penny loafer type shoes. I was mm -hmm. the briefcase dude. I was mm -hmm. Jerry Curl dude. I, mm -hmm. I, I kind of got bullied on a little bit um, until they realized that one of my cousins was, you know, a beast over there. So I had no problems <laughs> after that. But uh, I, I, I was trying to be a lover, not a fighter, man. And so I was that guy with the briefcase and the tie and the gazelles. And that was me. For sure, for sure. Jerry Curls, I messed up a lot of shirts, but don't judge me. <laughs> so in, in the high school years, you know, um, and talking to athletes, most of them, you know, go from high school to college and, and kind of pursue their athletic career. What did you do after high school 
Because I know we talked about when, when I went to Savannah and, and I first met you, we, we, we talked and we caught people up. I mean, we caught up. But I want you to catch right. people up in that time frame from, you know, after high school, before we get into the more of the professional side of things. Because everybody got to start from a come up, right? You know, right, exa- right, right. for example, after college, you know, I didn't, ha- I, I rode a bike, you know what I'm saying, for two or three years until I could really figure it out. So coming right. out of high school, not having no money, meaning, I mean, college not having no money, those things. But then we turn it around and we we come up. So right. from that, that that time period for the, for the grind start really happened. Um, I've been in, um, after high school, I got into uh, hospitality, hotels. And so I kind of worked in the service industry, uh, hospitality industry for, I don't know, 30 plus years. And so I was working at hotels. And at one point I was working three jobs. So I was living on the south side of town. Um, and I remember working uh, with my uncle doing construction uh, from six in the morning to 11 mm. in the morning. Mm. He'll bring me to my house. I'll take my bike and I go to the mall where I worked from 12 to four. Wow. Get on my bike after that and ride downtown where I worked from like six to midnight. And I did that for like seven months, man. Mm. Mm. And, and at this time, um, at this time, my she, who's my wife now, she was my girlfriend at that time. We were living together. So it was it wasn't about just Ricky. You know, I had responsibilities. I had to make sure, sure that that uh, as long as she was with me, that we were taken care of. For sure. You know? And, and, and that's the thing that, you know, the whole point of, you know, the conversation and talking because people don't understand they always is a grind. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a always, grind, bro. always to come up. And when you say the perfect thing about making sacrifices to get to the next level so you can do what you want to do. And I don't think people hear that enough about the sacrifice you had to make because you don't want to, you didn't want to work three jobs. You want to do <laughs> I did not want to ride that bike every day. Exactly. But there are no busy streets. <laughs> exactly. So when we talking out in our conversation, we talked about the whole pivot career turn. I think I'll let you tell it where you were uh, working at this one place and you end up meeting Mike. Kind of uh, okay. frame that for us. So I was working at Savannah Golf Club. This was a part of my hotel um, hospitality experience. I was working at the Western Savannah and um, one of the, the general manager from the Western went over to the country club. He was like, Rick, I got to have you over here. So I went over um, and the country club life for me, um, well, that that's kind of interesting too, because um, I got three promotions in three days. <laughs> the first day I was there, um, I was a busser, you know, while get picking up the plates and all of that stuff. Um, the the, uh, the dining room manager was like, you you seem no first day I was a dishwasher. Excuse me, I was a dishwasher the first day. Then he was like, "You seem like you got some personality. Would you like to bust tables?" I was like, "Sure." So now I'm busting tables, and he's still seeing how I am um, communicating with with the the members there. And then the next day he was like, "You gotta be a waiter. You gotta be a waiter." I said, "Okay." So I did the wait. I waited on tables for a while. Um, um I was there like nine years, mm. nine years, I think. Um, so waited on, I was a waiter for a while. Then I went to the bar. Um, and from the bar, that's where I found home. Um, I ended up, I started in the bar as a bartender and I ended up the food and beverage manager. I'm at the beverage manager over there. 
um, at the oldest country club in the United States. That's uh, Savannah Golf Club, 1796, I think it is, or something like that. But um, so I used to have other detailing business, and I used to detail a lot of the members' cars. And Mm -hmm. so uh, one of the guys, um, Bruce Taylor, I used to do a lot of stuff for him, house sit, you know, do all kind of stuff for him. Um, He was really cool with Mike. And so Mike needed something done, needed somebody to go pick up a car or something like that. So Bruce said, why don't you get Rick together? So I did it. Me and Mike um, started, you know, he took a liking to me, took a liking to each other. It was real cool. And um, then one day he came and he said, Rick, um, they told me you rap. Do you rap? I said, yeah. And at this point, um, because I know I've been rapping for a while, right? At this point, I said, yeah, man, I'll write something, turn you to a household name. At that point, I'm just selling myself because I have no idea what he want me to write about. I just know that I can write about it. Mm. I said, um, I'll turn you to a household name. Um, so he said, well, we're going to talk. So then he shot me some information, some buzzwords he wanted me to say. Um, I put together the first Mike Hostelo rap. And a lot of people say it was history, mm. but I'll say it was our story. I didn't always know this was going to be my calling. But when it did, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's not about the money. It's about getting people what they deserve. It's about getting people what's right. My name is Mike Hostelo. If you've been injured in an auto accident, call me. Well, check this out. I know you don't got no problem doing it. So let the audience hear that first, because I know you do remember it, right? The first rap says, um, uh, been in the auto accident or simply a mere wreck. Do what's right, call Mike and get a settlement check. Mike fights for the people when this is true. And when you can't come to Mike, Mike will come to you. So do yourself a favor and listen to me and call 844-GET-M-I-K-E-Mike-Hostelow. And, 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 and when I'm in, I told you this story, I was in a barbershop the other day, getting my hair cut. Because no one, I haven't really told, before I really told people that I was, you know, working with Mike and starting a partnership. And in the, bar, in the barbershop, it popped up like, man, he hit, he hit the bar. He said, yo, it's that commercial again. He's like, no, listen to it though. And here I'm in my chair, I'm listening to what they say. And he's like, yo, my man be having content. You know, yeah. those, those commercials have actually content. You got to listen to it. So that goes back to what you talked about earlier about those four artists, artists that you kind of help you get your your, your kind of flow, and it's very yeah. effective for you now. Yeah, man, I have a lot of fun, and and you know, in my my writings that I the stuff that I write outside of Mike, um, I like to make sure that I am saying something to you, right? So if you give me two minutes of your day, or two and a half minutes of your day, I don't want it to be gibberish. I don't want it to be mm. the my favorite thing about telling people my raps is after I finish, they repeat something I said. Yes. That meant that resonated with them. That meant they caught it. That meant they was listening and not just that meant they heard me and wasn't just listening. Right. You know, yeah. and so to me, that's what's important. Like I, I, I just I'm, I'm really not a fan of the gibberish, man. I like to say something and every opportunity I get to say something, that's what I'm going to do. Man. That's what's up. And um, and you got that voice, man. You got that up north down. You got a, you got a mixture <laughs> of the up north and south force. So I mean, your voice is like 
you know, it's very, very, very clear and, and, and uh, it just grabs you and holds yeah, you. Yeah, man, I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that. Crazy thing is I hate the way I sound when I listen to myself. Everybody does, man. I, I, I don't even listen to my podcast. I hate the way I Dude, sound. I hate the way I sound when I listen to myself. Yeah, man. Lisa, but Lisa, um, yeah, it's it's just been, it's been a good journey, man. I can't. I mean, I cannot complain, Jay. Cannot sure. complain. For sure. So, and my next thing is, is next topic is you a big win in in your life, right? So, uh, frame a big win for you per se for Ricky Willis. What's a big win in life for you? Um, let's say okay, a big win. A big win for me would. I mean, I have so many, man. I'm so right. blessed, right? It's just crazy. One of my big wins would be um, my family connection. Because mm. my family, my core, and not just my aunts, cousins, uncles, or, you know, because I come from a big family. Dad is one of 11 and mom is one of 21. So my family is huge, right? Like, my family is huge. Like, I've never seen all my family at once. So, but not even that. It's just my core, like my daughters, my son-in-law, daughter-in-law. We are such a tight knit family, man, that like Father's Day and birthday day, pops what you want. I just want us to be together. Mm. And we always have such a blast, man. My family is so down to earth. I, I like to tell people, if you meet my family and you don't like my family, something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you right about that, because the time we spent and I met your your wife and your, and your daughters, and one it, it's all wholesome right it's nice genuine you know receptions of 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 the company there that's awesome yeah you're supposed to feel welcome when you come into my home if not then i shouldn't invite you that's awesome that's a, that's that's the better way to put it bro um accolades right because i know you just got a couple of accolades from being the best yeah, person man. in the area talk, yeah, about those, talk about those accolades and, and how did it make you feel as a not as a person, but as an artist, because the, I mean, speaking to Mike, we talked about the commercials because back in the days, commercials was outlawed for lawyers, right? So right. right now, being that you're getting the best commercial and all these accolades from your, from your skill set, how does that make, tell us about the accolades that you've, you know, gotten over the years and how does that make you feel as a, as an artist? Um, in Savannah area, won the best commercial, um, six times in the last 13 years, five years in a row, I did once. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, I'm humbled and I'm honored, right? Because like I tell people every day, it's just as well as people like the commercial, people could not like it too, right? right. And I mean, and, and, and I'm not oblivious to think that everybody loves the commercials. I know it's some people that don't like it. And, but the love and the support I get from the people that like it, it's just an amazing feeling, man. And, and I'm humbled because they don't have to like it. Mm -hmm. So when I meet people a lot around town, they'd be like, yo, you're a celebrity. I said, I ain't a celebrity. I'm yes, family. Yes, I'm family, baby. I'm family. I'm I'm the guy that's going to be riding down the streets, see some people out there rapping. I'm going to get out the car and go rap with them. I'm going to see the kids playing jump rope. I'm going to pull over, get out. And I ain't really no good jump rope, but I'm going to have fun with them, right? Sure. And so... I'm just trying to show that I am I am relatable. I'm connectable. I'm I'm fa I'm family, man. You know I appreciate I appreciate when you know when I mean I know what people mean when they say that, and I get that. But from my perspective, I just try to angle it more as as I'm I'm family, man. I'm 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 cousin clever. 
That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Mike Hoster. Let's get it. Mike Let's Hoster. get it. Um, I told you when we first met, I just, um, I was going to Tanga for some things. And you know what? You know, God is good. Timing is perfect. Because you, when, whenever you get in your car, you're going somewhere. And whether you're in a rush or not, when you can, if you forget something, you'd be like, ah, oh, I don't feel like going back. It, it upsets you. Because you'd be like, oh, I'm on the way to go and get and I got to stop. Or right. you see the yellow light and you like try to beat it because you don't want to set the red light. But that right. particular day, Rick, I was, I, I can remember, I was, I was relaxed because I was in a rush going to get a pair of sneakers, right? Because I had an event that evening. And I'm like, you know, I got a little time to blow. I'm just relaxed. But the crazy thing about it is that when I parked and walked out, Mike was walking. So had I, had I not went back to get what I needed, had I tried to run that red light, I'd have missed out on a career opportunity that could have been beneficial for the community and for myself. So, timing is everything. Timing is everything. So I gave him a car. We spoke, um, got on the podcast, and then boom, it's history after that. So talk about your relationship and, um, and talk about, you know, the, 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 the great work that not only that the business does for Mike, but Mike as a person. Um, Mike and I have been knowing each other now um, almost 30 years. Um, and I always tell people that the person you see on television is actually who he is, right? Because um, I'm one of the people in our company uh, that knows him personally and professionally. Mm. Right? So I mean, his wife used to work with my wife, like I like I know him, mm. you know. And so um, it's the person you see in Mike. That's just who he is, man. He 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 don't camouflage for TV. He's not changing his game to be a different person on television and you know um mike is a real lover of the children and giving back to the community um he he is if it was a situation where it was a a matter of he only had one option and that was the option of doing something for adults or doing something for children he's definitely doing something for children Mm. um i mean he's done he's i mean He's done so much philanthropy in the in our areas. Uh, one of the touching things I remember is uh, we did this event called Tikes Trikes for Tikes, where children with like cerebral palsy who can't really ride a regular bike, um, they can sit on the bike and pedal the bike with their hands, like the pedal was up top. So they do that. I remember we going to an event to um, for they they question us you know they sent us some stuff and asked us about joining and mike was like anything i could do to help a little kid man to child and so you know it's just and you know he he's just solid man he's solid and 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 i promise i'm not saying it because i'm employee i promise i'm not i'm just it's just who he is man sure i'm i'm honored to you know to call him a boss and a brother you know for sure for sure if I said that he would, I'm not your boss. You know, he'll say that. <laughs> I'm your brother. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, talk about the events that you got coming up. All right. The book bag drives, talking about helping kids yeah, in man. school and all that. Talk about the book bag drive and events. That yeah, man. From so you know. so um, this weekend, uh, Saturday, we got the book bag drive going on in um, Macon, Georgia. 
Then the following week, we got a Friday in Columbus, Albany, Georgia. Then that Saturday won't be in Augusta, Georgia. Then the next week we'll be back in Savannah, Georgia. Then the week after that, we'll be in the beautiful city of Charleston. Yes. So um, I like to call this. So so one day I was, um, I think this is year seven that we've been doing this. And so I told my mother, I said, Mom, look, I made it on tour and I didn't even, I don't even have an album out. <laughs> so this is my book bag tour, man. I, um, you know, just I, every city I'm gonna be there, just, you know, um, supporting the team and just, you know, seeing new people, saying hello to old friends. And it's just always a pleasure to be able to give back. And, and it's, it's nothing like when you see a child smile or even just to know that it's a situation where a parent is struggling and, and don't know how this, they're going to make this happen for these children. And then, you know, Mike presents his stuff and put it so that the children are able to go back to school happy, man. And so I get to take a bunch of pictures with people and have fun and just clown and be Rick. You know, I'm just a big kid at heart, man. For sure. In this timeout message, we got Mike Hostelo. People laugh at us or frown at us or make fun at us because I'm the guy jumping around on TV. But you know what? If if not for that, I wouldn't get to help all those exactly. 35,000 plus people I've gotten to help in almost 30 years. Exactly. So, so it's given access to people that are just like me. Because at the end of the day, as fancy as I may become in this world, I'm still going to be that kid from Laurel Bay. For sure. Shooting free thumbs, trying to make Ted and Roan his front yard. For right? Sure. Right? Sure. And my dad yelling at me. Now let's get back to the interview. Um, and and you you said something about the the, the book book bag drive coming here into this new Charleston market, um, yeah. which is which is is, is growing every day. Um, what's your takes? What's your take on the extension of 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 the Mike Hustle law, law firm um, expanding to the Charleston area? Listen, so. This will be our second year doing it in Charleston. And last year, it was an absolute hit. Um, we, I think we changed the game in, a, in, a, in a, little, a little bit because I don't think that a lawyer has done that yet in that area. At least that's what I was told, mm. that a lawyer had, you know, I think we had upwards of 500 plus children. We had game trucks, food trucks, we had vendors, I guess a bunch of, it was just a lot of people. Um, one, one prominent guy, I won't say his name, but he, he's uh, a pretty powerful person in the area. He said, you guys are going to make other attorneys have to step their game up. Mm. And I was like, yo, man, that's just, but the thing is, what, what, what Charleston saw from us is what we do all the time. It was new to Charleston, but not new to us. You right. know, that's just, you know, our, our that's how we move. We make sure that uh, we try to continue to show VIP treatment and give everybody the VIP experience, man. And mm. a person can't remember what you said to them, but they'll definitely remember how you made them feel. That's true. That's and true. so we try to make sure that everybody feels, you know, feels the love, man. That's true. That's awesome. So that, that segment to our next topic, which is the partnership between Day Foundation and Mike Hostelo. Um, we're very excited, honored, um, again, to 
you know, people talk to me, well, why are you, how could the foundation basketball hook up with the law firm? Hello. But they don't understand the community folks that we're going to be doing, bring a lot of um, helping families. I help student athletes, families, you guys help families when they're, when they're injured. So that's the whole focus. That's the whole, whole play of how we're going to really uh, help uh, uh, brand Mike Costello in this Charleston area. And Mike said, and he lived up to his words, helping the day foundation uh, get to the places we need. And so we can be more helpful to communities and families as well. Man, I think it is an awesome partnership, man. I, I think the merger of, of the two power teams are um, because like you said, we help on one aspect, you help on another aspect, but we both help, we both help and, and, and then when you think about the car accidents alone, you're thinking about adults, children, whatever. When you think about what you do, you're thinking about adults, children, young adults going into the rest of their life. And when you think about the philanthropy and the stuff that Mike is doing with hospital helps, that's thinking about the same, you know, the children and the young adults and going into adults. So it's, it's just, it's an awesome merger. I think, um, I think the city is gonna be overwhelmed with the with the experience they get from this this collaboration, I see nothing but great things. I'm honored. I'm so happy to be a part of of a company that's affiliated with the Day Foundation because what you're doing is real good, man. Like, prior and, and we had you know conversations about this. It's just everybody don't have the same spirit and heart, and the spirit and heart that you have to be able to and want to give back to the community and these children's and help them grow. And, and you know, I, I can see, I can see in the near future, I'm gonna be like, where you going? You'd be like, I'm going to the Knicks and Lakers game. I got front row seats because one of my, you know. <laughs> so um, I'm not really in the sports, but yo, take me with you, fam. <laughs> sure, for sure, you already know, we're going together. <laughs> we locked in now, babe. That's it. So when I talk to athletes, I talk about, I talk about they go to the high school, they go to college, they end up playing professionally or not. But then it's also called the afterlife, right? right. And your situation being the afterlife of coming through the high school, the trials and tribulations, you know, wanting to be an a, 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 a artist at a young age, end up turning around to be an artist at, at the end, you know, at your, um, later on in life. Talk about the afterlife of you know, the relax, not so much to say you're so relaxation, you're so relaxed, but talk about the transition, right? Because you, we always wanted to work hard to get to a certain point, and then we could appreciate life. Right. Talk about, talk about that, that appreciation of, of where you are right now, have, having built a name for yourself, building a brand for yourself. Talk about that, how, how, how is that affecting you, and how do you, you know, appreciate that? So, um, I am um, pretty grateful right now that that I didn't become an artist when I was younger and trying to, you know, trying to be an artist because now I'm at the level, and not that I couldn't grow to the level, but now I'm to the level where um, I only do clean rap. I only write clean rap. I'm not changing it. That's all I'm doing. Um, it was a situation where a uh, 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 celebrity rapper came to our area and they wanted to, um, so they reached out to me and it was like, Rick, you're a local celebrity. We'd like to have you open it up for this super celebrity. And I was like, for sure, I, I definitely will. And they was like, well, what kind of content do you have? I said, well, everything I write is clean. 
She said, mm, do you think you could change your content for one night? Mm. I said, not a chance. Mm. She said, we were going to give you $2,500. I said, I got $2,500. Mm. Now, if I'm being honest, if I had been an artist when I was younger, and she would offer me that 2500 I probably would have said whatever they wanted me to say. Mm. But the fact that I'm blessed and I'm in a position of life to do what I want to do, mm. I can definitely decline that. And I tried to explain to her that I cannot consider myself a clean artist. That's not that that won't be the legacy I'm able to leave if I'm always chasing the dollar right mm. if you can wave a check at me and make me do what you want me to do mm. i can't have a legacy of clean art being a clean artist so um with that i'm grateful that i am into the level that i, I you know i started writing I'm, I'm glad i got serious about it let's say that because i've been writing for a long time so i'm glad i got serious about it when i did and now the content that i put out the the things that i say i know um it makes sense. I know I'm not doing any mumble rap, you know, uh, um, I'm just, and so I'm grateful for that. And all the time people see me, after, you know, cause they know me from the commercials, you know, I've been doing the commercial television commercial. I've been on television for 13 years. Right. Mm. So people will see me and they'd be like, do you really rap? Then I'll say something to them. Like my friends call me clever because they said I was gifted. I never thought it was better. Just always knew it was different. I couldn't hide in the crowd. Trust me, there's no doubt. Because when I try to fit in, I stand out with more bars than the prison. It's just the way that I'm living. I'm taking my opposition and making them sit and listen. Got a problem with clever. Don't be a coward to say that. But don't be talking all crazy on tracks like I'm going to play that. I hit them in the head with the verses and make them lay back because I bought my vowels from Vandal. Then I told Pat not to say that. So... <laughs> The fact, the fact that they didn't hear any cussing, any gibberish, anything, they're like, oh, you go. Most people, if you don't know, you don't know, right? Right. And so so it's fun for me to to be able to showcase a little bit of, you know, a little bit of my art to people who love me for one thing and, you know, then realize, oh, really? Mm. I didn't know. Right. And so... Right. What does it take to be a champion? Hard work? Passion? Experience? Nah. It takes winning. So if you're injured, go with the guy with the winning record. I'm attorney Mike Hostelo, and I will never back down. The most important message to get across to student athletes suffering from mental health issues is that you're not alone. Many student athletes deal with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health struggles. If this is the case, speak to someone like a counselor, a parent, a trusted adult, or your fellow teammate. Adults who are supporting a student athlete should be aware of the signs. A student athlete who is experiencing mental health difficulties might have constant fatigue, loss of appetite, mood swings, apathy, or even declining grades and or social isolation. A student athlete's mental health can be severely affected by an injury, 
An athlete's entire life becomes about their sport. And when they lose the ability to play, it can take a huge toll mentally. As we continue to reduce the stigma around mental health, hopefully more middle and high school level student athletes will feel confident discussing their health, whether it be mental or physical. The Triple Threat Podcast will be adding a psychology aspect in season two. We will be doing our part to help destigmatize mental health when it comes to student athletes. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode. Now let's get back to the interview. But but don't 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 forget about the uh, people that the person that produces the music. You talk about your dad was a bass in the music. Your mom wrote poetry, and you're a product of that. And the thing, same thing you do. Talk about I, I want I want you to tell it. Talk talk about that. Yeah, man. So I am. I have four daughters: um, Devana, Jasmine, Mary, and Jeanne. Um, Jeanne is my baby, and she's 27. She's actually a rapper as well, and she is amazing. And I'm not saying it because it's my daughter. I'm saying it because it's true. Um, and she also produced my music for the last five Mike Hostelow commercials. So mm. the Mike Hostelow tracks, when you hear the music, that's all my daughter. That's awesome. And uh, so I am, uh, what happened is a, f- a few years ago, um, we was working with a company who used to, you know, they'll send me the music and ask me if I like it. If I like it, we will use it. If not, they'll send me something else. We did that. And so once my daughter started getting into music and I realized that she was good at it, now I want to market her too, you know. Mm. I want to promote her because inside promoting is how you're supposed to do, right? Sure. And so I she sent me some tracks and I was like, yeah, that's nice, but that's not really for the commercial. And so I tell her I need a banger. And I and what she like to say is, Daddy, when you need a banger, you need something that's gonna ride in the car, mm. right? Because a lot of people gonna listen to their to their um the radio, I mean to their to the television. So a lot of people gonna see the television commercial. But those television commercials also play the same audio on the radio. And so that's the test. The test is, is it going to sound really good in the car? Mm -hmm. And so she's been doing my music. And one one of my favorite things I like to hear people say is, man, the commercial sounds like a track on an album. Like it doesn't sound like what we would think a commercial would be, especially not a lawyer commercial. But it sounds like. Okay, well, so what's the next track about? You right. know, so so I'm so I'm grateful to have my daughter doing my music, um, Jane. Um, she's you know she has uh, her and her partner is at Euphoria, um, Euphoria Studios here in Savannah. So um, yeah, man. So I just have a lot of fun, man, and and plus it's it's cool being able to work with your daughter, man, and sure. and she don't give me no slack neither, bro. She sure. you know sure. you need to do that again for sure. And, and again, I, I relate, you know, teammates to this concept and working with your teammates because, you know, when the investigators, you got a, a slew of people that you work with, different personalities, different situations. Talk about your team and how effective they are, you know, in, in, in making everything work. Um, my team is great, man. I have a team member in Augusta, a team member in Columbus, a team member in Savannah, a team member in Macon. 
Macon, Savannah, Columbus, Augusta, and Charleston, right? So my team is, first, first, I have to say that we are the best. That's what I'm going to say that first. I'm going to put that out there. And, and the thing about the team, um, as far as what we do is, we have to all be people people, right? Because we are your first responders as far as the, the Mike Hostler Law Firm is concerned when it deals with clients. We are the first responders. We're the first people they see. We are the people that build the connection with them. So if they're not really rocking with us, if they don't get a good vibe from us, then they're probably not going to you know, let us handle the case. So we have to have people that are people people. And the thing, I'm a people person, right? So the thing about that is, if you're not a people person and you're trying to trick me to make me think that you're a people person, I'm going to know that you're not a people person because I'm a people person, right? right. So all, all of my team, I'm, I'm blessed to have the whole team um, have that 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 quality. I got Genovia over, uh, Miss Genovia, she's over in the Macon area. Uh, Coach John is over in the Columbus area. KC is in the Savannah area. T Mac Terrell is over in the Augusta area. I got the pleasure of having JP in the Charleston area with me. So my team is so solid that it doesn't feel like work. Mm. Like we we have a, a text link. It's like, what up, fam? What up, fam? What up, fam? What up? And it's just it's family. It's not it's not it's not like work at all with the team. For sure. I mean, everybody everybody know their position. They play their position. So life. It's just it's just man. Listen. I'm so grateful, man. I'm so grateful. I, I just, I don't know. For sure. For sure. Again, relating uh, uh, athletes in, in the situation with what you do, what's your mental game approach? You know, because for the game, you know, athletes, we have got to have a, we listen to Walkmans. I mean, Walkmans, that's old. We listen to. <laughs> we listen Told to you age a little bit. Yeah. We listen to music <laughs> and we kind of get our minds ready for the, the comp, the, to, to compete. What's your mental approach when you when you are uh, getting ready to go out and and be that voice and be that first person that the clients can see? For me, I like to um, my 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 thing is just be relatable and don't lie, right? Because when you when people could talk to you and you feel like when you feel like family to them, it just it's just easy. I mean. And I'm such a clown and I just have so much fun that you, I might walk into your house and I might see fishing rods. And then I have the conversation about fishing rods, right? And I know a little bit about fishing rods because dad had a boat. So, and then I ultimately had to tell you that I don't like fishing because dad had us on a boat all the time. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's always a way to connect the people. And I, and I believe that, um, I believe that if you go for me, I go into every situation with every client as that person is a friend that I already know. Mm, mm. So, so I think, and I think people can feel that, right? I think I don't have so many clients. I go into their house and they, they call their cousins like, yo, this, this cousin now, this cousin right here, this, I had grandmamas offer me dinner and you can stay, I'm going to be barbecuing <laughs> next week. And so it's just, I think when, when it's real, you could tell, you know, I think it's real. So me, my mentality is just, Go treat somebody like I want grandma treated. They used to, people used to say, treat somebody like you want somebody to treat you. Well, I took it a couple of steps different. Mm. Treat a person like you want your grandparents treated, right? Because you don't, 
you don't want your grandparents treated all kind of way at right. all. Right. So right. I'm gonna treat you like I would like somebody to treat my grandparents. That's awesome. I'm gonna steal yeah, that too if you don't mind. Yeah, you can have that. That's that's free agent, bro. That's free yeah, agent. That's free agent. <laughs> so one of the questions I want to ask you, you know, again, the lessons you learned from corporate America, right? Because we could be on our own, having our own business, entrepreneurs, but it's a whole different climate when you go into corporate America, right? Um, right. And I'm, I'm experiencing that because, again, you know, going into this is probably my second and third, you know, time or year kind of really experiencing that. So it's been different for me. So what's right. your take on going from non-corporate to corporate America? Um, I understand that a lot of times in corporate America, um, the upper echelon is not really aware, right? Because mm. um, a lot of times you have the the mid to lower level management that is a conduit to the upper level management. Mm. So a lot of times, a lot of times people don't know how to have power, right? Mm. And 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 I've managed um, 118 people at once, so mm. power. Managing people, that's, that's nothing. And I, I think the problem is to be a good manager, you have to know how to be a good leader. I mean, to be a good leader, you have to know how to be a good follower. And a lot of people don't know how to follow, right? And, and also the other difference is, it's a difference between managing and bossing. So management, from my perspective is, this is what we're gonna do. This is why we gotta do it. If we don't do it this way, this happens. If we do it this way, then this happens. Where a boss is, Go, go move that cane, go move that shirt, go move delegation only. Mm. Um, and I think, again, treat people like you, like you want to be treated. You know, you don't, you don't, I have four daughters and I can get the point to each of my daughters, but I give it to them different ways, mm. depending on their personalities. Mm. And with the culture, with so much culture changing and so many different peoples and so many different energies and attitudes and different places, you have to understand that I'm going to say we need to do this. But I got to make sure that to each person, each person gets the message because people are going to take it in different ways. So um, I think for us, corporate America, I've learned that you have to make sure that one, you stay alert on what culture is happening, what's going on in the culture. You can't be oblivious to that. Um, and you have to understand that every individual is just that, an individual. They're different. Nobody is alike. No cookie cutters out there. Mm. Even perfectly rounded twins got something different about them. True. So. True. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now... Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jermel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And its philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically teaches the game of basketball 
focusing on skills development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. Uh, in closing, we got something called oatmeal recipe. And oatmeal okay. recipe is skill development, education, and nutrition. And again, I'm make, making this comparison with an artist and a student athlete. It doesn't matter what, I mean, what a career you're in, everybody needs to have a skill, everybody needs to be educated, and everybody needs to be nourished. So I'm going to throw these uh, terminologies on you, and I wanna, want you to add, answer them and uh, tell me how do they apply to your everyday life. Um, okay. Talking about skill, let's say skill development. What's a certain skill that you use every day to, to, to make your job successful um, that you use every that that's uh, that you use in your life. <clears throat> hospitality. Um, I understand hospitality. Hospitality, the, the act of being hospitable, is not about tips and gratuity. It's about making a person feel important. Mm. And so every day you have to be hospitable. And that's that was a thing that I learned from growing up in the South. Being hospitable, please, thank you, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And it's easy though. It's like it's not hard to be nice. Just be, just be nice. Right, right. So that that hospitality is something I use every single day. All right. How about um, education? And when we say education in sports, like uh, as a coach, I get upset. And you, this probably sound like gibberish to you, but shooting a one on one when you got seventeen fouls, or shooting two shots when you got ten fouls. And the player shooting the three-pointer. You should drive and get to the basket. So using those different, um, understanding the education of the game to play better and more effective is what needs to happen. So you from the education standpoint of laws, of the rules and regulations of uh, different state laws, you have to know those things in order to relate to clients. Yes, yes. How, how do you use, you know, the importance of education in your everyday life? Um, with that part, um, it's like you just said, it's different laws in different places. And so I have to know this stuff. I have to know that when a client asks me about, for example, um, the statute limitation in Georgia versus the statute limitation in South Carolina. Statute limitation is three years in South Carolina. It's two years in Georgia. And so I have to know these kind of things so that, like I said earlier, when you're trying to fake it, somebody will know. Mm-hmm. So, so that when I'm sitting in front of an individual, they're going to know that I know what I'm talking about. Sure. And part of that is because um, Mike has a lot of info. And in, in our company, there's a lot of info that you can go read and that it'll help acknowledge you. Plus, we have like 14 to 17 lawyers and all of them are really cool and knowledgeable. And I don't hesitate to ask them anything. I will ask them a question in a minute. And that's kind of inside helping me, right? Because now I'm not necessarily getting it from the book with the with the book words and, and all of that stuff. Um, I'm getting it from an individual that does this every day. And as far as the education, I like to tell people a, a lot, just clowning because, you know, I have fun. That um, I've been to college twice. First time to the concert, second time I went to pick up my cousin, so... <laughs> <laughs> but they were playing basketball when I went. To- <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. And uh, the last one, Rick, is nutrition. Yeah. How important is nutrition to you, and how do you apply it to your everyday life? Nutrition is great. Um, I'm a little bit overweight, and that's that's not you know anybody with eyes can see that. 
but I am in the process of um, wife and I are doing um, smoothies. Um, so we're doing smoothies. I brought a treadmill, and so just trying to just trying to make a healthier life of it, you know. And and I can't lie and tell you that. I mean, I could, but I'm not. I can't lie and tell you that I get on the treadmill every day for an hour. And I, I, I'm not going to tell you that. Right. But I am. But I am working on it. But I am moving. And the fact that I got you in my world now that helps me out, you know. Because um, yeah, I can't. A, we had that conversation at, at lunch. Do you like? I was like, I don't eat beef. I don't eat chicken. You're yeah. Like, what? You don't eat chicken? No, like. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think I had the, I think I had the double pork chop sandwich, and I'm just, <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Um, so I'm I'm working on it. I'm working, definitely working on it. I'm not perfect at it, but I am working on it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get you there. We're gonna work on it together. That's what we're gonna. Facts. Do. I love it. All right, Rick. What's your that's that that kind of concludes our interview, man. I think uh, it went well. I think it's something that the community just want to hear you. When I go to places and locally. Everybody's asking, "Hey, where's that guy? Does he does he say any questions? Does he really rap?" I'm like, yeah, well, he, he's the guy. He's the guy. Can you tell him I said this? I told my mother I make her proud, and right now I think I'm doing it. I don't curse in none of my verses because I figured that I'd ruin it. Subconsciously, I think about it. Anytime I write my verses, it wouldn't have the same effect if I wrote with all of that cursing. The system figured I'd be wilding out. 9 and 40 cow clapping. Never mind, M.O. me, I was always known for rapping. Made it out the hood and doing good without the trapping. License to carry because you never know what happened. So keep the bottom feeders on the top. That's what I'ma be honestly. Mama said modesty is the best policy. So I keeps it real low key and I'm never bragging or doing something crazy like having my pants sagging. They call it not a style, but I'm grown. I don't care what kind of man wants another man to see his underwear. We all need to man up. Real men stand up. You get out of the line until you learn to pull your pants up. Irks me when I see it. Who am I to be your damper? Son-in-law don't sag his pants. Grandsons don't sag their pampers. There you have it. That's three different generations of men with the testicular fortitude to not be pressured by your trend. Was a mountain in my way. It wouldn't move, but I'll try it. Ozzy wrote the rules to game, so I abide by it. He told me to pay attention. Focused on the test and said, if I kept my hands high, that I could catch every blessing will lift his mind. I own it, deserve it, there's no question. I gave those fools jewels like time I'm charging them for lessons. MCs be wildin' out, it's like they doing the most. Claiming they so much better than clever when they ain't even close. They gonna be mad when they see them 32s on ghosts. All I need is a Cuban cigar when it's time to toast. Eminem, the rap god, I'm just the rap wizard. Do it like it's nothing to me, and that's because it isn't. I mean, it's second nature. It's the way that I flow. When you were destined to be great, that's just something I was told. Every day until I make it, I'm a hustling flow. Put some respect on my name, and I ain't going to say it no more. <laughs> and you don't want the drop of the problems you couldn't handle. Pop up with the rap game. I can handle the scandal. But throw you put them in the blue. Like I can handle You used to spend garbage. I'm leaving shambles. Peter Piper was picking peppers and rums, rocking rhymes. I was in the booth writing, just perfecting my mind. JP, love you, boy. There's no money to be said. <laughs> No more need to be said. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you for having me, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so honored and, and grateful that uh, Mike Hostelo and the Day Foundation has partnered up. And I just look for great things. I can't wait to get back over there with you. And we going to turn this city out, you know, let them see sure. what power is about, you know. Sure. When you got two sure. power players getting together, I mean, what? Right. Unstoppable, right. baby. Unstoppable, right. baby. That's what's up. Already. Salute, gang. Yes, sir. We see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for your time, too, big man. Thank you. One time. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Uh, I want to thank Mr. Willis. Mr. Do yourself a favor of coming on and 
and sharing his uh, information on um, on how he became the brand ambassador for Mike Costello and, and moving forward, how, he, how he's going to use his presence and use his, uh, his skills to keep pushing and helping families um, through the, the industry of uh, personal injury. Uh, as I said before, the Day Foundation and my Costa Law Firm have uh, partnered up to do more things in the community, do more things in the community. Actually, we have a um, book bag drive uh, that's coming on, on August 10th for kids in the community that need some extra uh, school supplies for this upcoming year. So uh, stay tuned to some other things we got coming up. Day Foundation and Mike Costello Law Firm. We'll be right back. Don't forget to subscribe to the Triple Threat Podcast on your favorite listening platform. We are live on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere else to listen to your podcast. That's Triple Threat spelled 3-R-I-P-L-E. 3-H-R-E-A-T Triple Threat Podcast We'll be right back What Jermel is doing with the Day Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes first of all getting them prepared from the academic standpoint which as you know as well as I do Bobby that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy to be able to train properly to get the proper education and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college but i love what jermel is doing it's a wonderful program hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program because these are the kind of things that every community needs looking out for the best interest of a youth the future of this country is in our youth and everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful and and i can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people you can follow us on facebook and instagram at jamel president and on twitter at president jamel Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month.